Yes, we're back. It's episode 40-4-0 of the Hibs Ramble. Um, Liam, today your host, joined by Craig. Craig, how does it feel, episode 40, one episode for every year you've been alive? Feels good, mate. It feels good. It feels good to be back after a couple of weeks' break. It's been um, a bit of a hiatus for you, hasn't it? Yeah. Obviously, not in a bad way. I was down in Blackpool for the Blackpool Cup last weekend. Uh, with Alfie, which was good. <clears throat> the hotel we'll not talk about, but the rest of the trip was all right. And uh, what an episode to come back for! Absolutely, absolutely. Listen, before we before we get started on uh, one of the weekend's festivities, we we actually reached a thousand Twitter followers on Saturday after the game, um, and we promised that as soon as we got to a thousand Twitter followers, we would have a wee giveaway so we are giving away two of these lovely Hibs Ramble mugs um, with Sean's quote I don't like a hard rim I like my rims to be a little bit softer so I can get in easier on the back and they have arrived Mark was wearing his with pride on Saturday uh, Hibs Ramble bucket hats you can't really see the the logo that well but it is on there so we've got two hats and two mugs to give away. And all you need to do to get involved is retweet and like our giveaway tweet on our Twitter and follow the page and you're in with a shout. We're drawing the the winners, the four winners on Friday at half past five. So you'll find out then if you are one of the one of the lucky winners or not. But listen, let's say that, Craig. <laughs> oh my god, we finally won a fucking derby at the weekend. How are you feeling? Me, it was good. It was really good. It felt, um, being at the game, it felt like it was going to be another one of those games where we huffed and puffed and knocked on the door and nothing was going to come of it. Um, and I know a lot has been made of the sort of crisis that Hearts were in. But I thought it was, in terms of performance-wise, it was one of the better ones we've seen over the years where it's, I think they've, over the years, they've won the battle and then won the game. Whereas I think you could see very early on that we were set up to go and physically batter them before sort of lending it to the latter stages of the game. And I know we'll get into it in terms of team selection and whatnot, because I think that formed a lot of people's opinions you know, there was a lot of eye-rolling before the teams had even came out to warm up when the team got announced. Yeah. Um, but as was, as I think we'll go on to sort of work it out, it turns out that us football manager geniuses aren't as actually good as Lee Johnson is. This is it. Uh, so there was three changes. Jabriah Campbell and McCurdy uh, were out, and Hanlon, Stevenson, and Doyle Hayes came in. The lineup, I think, seemed to give everyone a wee bit of a of a shock, maybe a wee bit of anxiety, rightly or wrongly. Um, what did you think of the lineup when uh, when it came out? What, what was what was your initial thoughts? Well, what my initial thoughts were, right, and I'll tell you verbatim what my thoughts were because I seen the team and I put on Twitter 
what a midfield. In years gone by, we will all look back on this and say, Modric, Casemiro and Cruz, ha, not a chance. What an absolutely shite team. <laughs> so that was that was my immediate thoughts. And I think when you look at when you look at that team on paper, it was effectively nine defensive-minded players mm. and two attackers. So immediately it lent to me thinking the way that the lineup was that we were going to be playing a three-five-two. I thought the same. Yeah. Um, just purely because of uh, CJ and Fish being the centre half pairing at Tanadice the weekend before, I thought it just immediately lent to Hanlon sort of sl- slotting in beside them. Um, and then as soon as obviously the teams came out and they sort of shaped up before kickoff, you seen that it wasn't it wasn't even a four three three. It was more a four one four one with Jago sitting in behind uh, Doyle Hayes and Newell with Yuan sort of starting for a wee bit deeper um, with Cadden on the other side as well. So my initial thoughts on the team were, fuck's sake, here we go. <laughs> Did you think the players that came in, is that is that the players that we needed to come in after the performance at Tanadice last week? I mean, given how important he has and given how important he's been to the team throughout the course of the season I was surprised to see Campbell dropped mm-hmm. um, there does seem to be a sort of <clears throat> hokey-cokey and out type situation with Stevenson and Chabria. Um and then with, with Hanlon I think if Hanlon's fit it's a no-brainer that he comes back in um, McCurdy again by all accounts had a decent first half up in Dundee um, but again, he's not really, no really made a case to sort of keep the jersey for another week. So I think when you look at the players that came in versus the players that went out, the only surprise, I suppose, would have been Campbell dropping out, given that yeah. sort of energy, energy provides in the midfield, but also is, as we've spoken about before, his ability to do those sort of Pat McGinley-esque breaks into the box. Mm-hmm. I think I kind of echo the sentiments that you gave. I was a wee bit confused. I was very anxious when the team came out. Um, I thought, it's, well, I was like, oh, well, it's a, a third roll of the dice, if you like, for a fourth roll of the dice. Is that the fourth time we played Hearts this season? Aye, is it? Aye, fourth uh, roll of the dice for Lee Johnson in terms of team selection and trying to beat Hearts. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure if this is the way that that we're going to that we're going to beat them, but I think from the first whistle, uh, you could see exactly what the game plan was. Newell, uh, Doyle, Hayes, Jago, all getting fired in really quickly uh, and flying into tackles, winning the ball back, kind of setting the tone for the start of the game. I think, and then we we eased into it with, with a little bit of pressure as well uh, on their goal. I thought we probably could have been one or two up. In the first half. Yeah, well, sports scene would have you believe that barely fucking anything happened in the game. Um, it was just one of those, it seemed like it was one of those games where it was, for the gate, like, the games that we that I've seen over so many years watching Hearts is that the ball that would break into the box for them 
never ever seems to break for us. Like there's mm-hmm. the chance we um where Ewan uh, sort of gambles on I think it might have been Devlin. He sort of under like he jumps too soon and catches the ball and it falls to him and uh, yeah. to be fair the Fogger's saying Clark makes an amazing save. He's not in that about it. And he's just sort of hung his leg out, but then the ball falls to Hanlon. But the pace of the ball means he can't get it under control. Whereas, as we've seen so many times against them in the past, that, you know, they get the right break of the ball. It just, it yeah. seemed to be them. I think the tone was set really early with them, um, with CJ absolutely nailing Mackay on the halfway line. It was a great and tackle as well. It seemed to be, I think, everybody was probably, as soon as he'd done that, was like, fuck, because it was Barry <laughs> Mackay that was up against him. Um, but the tactics, I mean, that's sort of our oversight, our side of the ground as well. So we kind of get a decent, like you get the sort of side on view. I get almost a, not quite a bird's eye yeah. view, but looking down totally onto nice. the game. Um, and it seemed as if the tactic was to just let Mackay have the ball. Mm-hmm. Just give him it. I don't think and he was doing an awful lot with it in the first off. half. Absolutely no. not. Well, he was he was Hart's only outlet. And there was times where he did kind of get the run at CG, but it, by that point, the bodies had got back in such a way that whether it be Doyle Hayes or Cadden coming back or Fish coming across, mm-hmm. like there was no real... There was no real chances for Hearts to get. I mean, they did have a few passages he played, you know, like one touch between Kingsley, Mackay, whatever midfielder came across, but nothing ever came of it. And it's because we flooded those areas. Um, but no, the, the tackle by CG definitely did did set the tone. And it, I think it let them know that they were in for, you know, if, if they were going to go away with anything, that they were going to have to earn it. And I think as the game showed... They didn't. They didn't fancy it for that. Ta- I think for that tackle onwards, this, the physical side, they, they weren't up for it at all. Mm-hmm. It felt like a right derby, didn't it? Um, yeah. It's, a, it's the kind of it's the kind of derby that you want to see. I mean, if you're a neutral, obviously we're not neutrals, but if you're a neutral, you want to see flying tackles going in, chances at either end. Although Hearts, yeah. I feel, didn't have an awful lot of chances at our end. There's a couple that I'll talk about in a minute. You know, towards the end of the first half, that you know. I say there were chances. There were there were maybe half chances at, at the very yeah. best, and that's not me being disrespectful to to them a wee bit. But in like I think the holiday, the holiday header is the only one you can really pick out. Yeah, I feel um, because again that and it's it's funny that if you were to take a look at the stats, if you if you had no knowledge of what happened during the game and you looked, oh, go on live score or see what the stats you are. Think that Hearts were on top. Canel Hearts had all the ball. Hearts had all the chances. Hearts had more like, but it's one of those games where when you, when I look at the stats and I look back at what I seen on the day, it doesn't match up, does it? Doesn't it? No, but it's but it's like 66 percent possession or whatever is fair enough. But you could have sixty six percent possession if you're passing it for your goalie to your centre half to your right back to your mm-hmm. goalie to your left back to your goal like that, and that's what that's where yeah. the whole. Stats thing can be can be really misleading because, like I said, other than the Halliday header for a corner, I don't remember them having much else beyond that. There was a chance that um, I can't remember. It was maybe Mackay coming in from the left, 
and kind of fired it into the box. And Shankland had a couple of touches. Uh, lost control of the ball and yeah, it was kind of bouncing about. I think Devlin might have got uh, to it towards um, the point of it going out for a goal kick, but that that and the and the holiday chance. I think Shanklin had a a shot from outside the box, similar to um, similar to Ellie Yuan's one that kind of drifted through towards the goalie in the second half. But um, no, just going back to how the game felt, a proper derby feel. Kind of reminded me of it was. Made me think of Neil Lennon's hips when we came up against the old firm and stuff. We stood up to them, we got right in their faces. Yeah. And it's, uh, I think maybe you could criticise Lee Johnson previously in the season for having a little bit too much respect for this Hearts team when they don't they don't deserve it one bit. I felt like we had absolutely zero respect for them on Saturday. We stood up to them, we took the game to them from the first whistle. And I think that made them feel really, really uncomfortable because they were getting played at their own game. Uh, but yeah, no. You, you touched on it earlier, Craig. The chances that we missed in the first half. And you did say that you thought it could have been one of those days, but I really felt, I was like, we've had so many great chances. Well, no, they weren't great, were they? There were good chances, half-decent chances. But I was like, one of them's got to go in because you, you don't get five or six really, really good chances in a derby. It just doesn't happen. I thought it's going to be one of the days and Hearts will nick it at the end. I know, that's 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 what I felt as well. Like, even when you look at the 3-0 game in the Cup, like, there wasn't a 3-0 game. No. But it felt like it had... It, it wasn't going to be that that scrolling because Hearts had absolutely jack shit mm-hmm. going forward. Um, but it did lend itself to being one of those games where... Can we have, obviously we didn't have the majority of the ball, but the majority of the better type of chances. Yeah. And they it, were going to break up the park or they were going to get a set piece or something like that. To it didn't it didn't look like when I was watching the game that they had the majority of the ball either. No, I know. Like I mean, not to the extent where it's like almost two thirds of the ball Yeah, over the piece compared to the third. But I think we did try and hit them on the break quite a few times they did play quite a high line Mm -hmm. and it worked Um, really well actually it worked really well I thought we got in behind them quite a lot and utilised that pace I think maybe if Martin Boyle was playing you know you could be say that we could have been maybe another two or three goals to the good come full time but you know I know it would have been I know it would have been a lot of sort of like moving players about but I was surprised that at no point did we stick early up against Kingsley because mm-hmm. he was absolutely fucking toilet. He was poor. He was really, really he poor. Looked, he looked very, very poor. And especially when you look at the periods of play where Nisbet completely bodies that Kai Rolls, if we'd have had you and Nisbet going at them on the left-hand side, then... Could have had a field day, really. Yeah. And that's, that's I think, I think that Kai Rolls, probably... there was a Hearts... There was a Hearts account on Twitter, Craig, I don't know if you saw it, that was going on about... <laughs> Uh, oh, Kyro statistically the best defender on the park on Saturday, and I was thinking Ash. where, and it was going oh, uh, however many I think it was like six out of six ground jewels one, and then someone underneath it posted the <laughs> the, mm. the videos of him getting ragdolled by Nisbet twice with the Nisbet when the balls on the up. ground. So absolutely, I don't know. Up. I think to be honest, I don't want to talk about Hearts fans too much, but you know we've just won a derby. We kind of need to rub it in a wee bit. They are. 
absolutely spewing it. Spewing. They hate it. They hate it. And it's like their their is... whole their whole thing is we can't get beat to Hibs, and we are their whole their whole mentality is you yeah. can't get beat to Hibs, you can't lose to Hibs at Easter Road, this, that, and the next thing. Whereas I think it's I think it's more Hibs can't win. It defines like, their season. Rather than, yeah, it does. And, I mean, that's why, I mean, obviously we don't know the inner workings of a football club, but you could almost bet on it that they've sacked Nielsen. To get a reaction for To get a reaction to win on Saturday. And I think that's what showed in terms of the fact that it was Naismith's first game versus Lee Johnson's 457th or something or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Um, you, you find it as a whole lot different as a player, obviously, than as a manager. Um, it's different when you're in the thick of it, when you're on the side and you can't affect it. And like I said, you could see from, from minute one that they weren't wanting to get involved with the physical side of it. Um, even players like Devlin, who's supposedly a wee hard man, He's the fucking one of the worst Shut football players. I'm not just saying this right. He is genuinely one of the worst football players I've ever seen. I've I've, I've, I've said it on the podcast before. I've said he's the worst player in the division. I've said on it, numerous said occasions it. and been laughed at. I said it to Alfie at the game. I was like, just watch him, right? When it, he, he hides, the he's only time he wants to go and get the ball is when he can just pop it back to a centre half. And when he turns and looks forward, all he does is give it five yards to a fullback or five yards to another midfielder. He does absolutely nothing. And even when he tries to, even when he tries to play the hard man act, as you seen on Saturday, there's a photo. Uh, he gets bodied. Handling, handling with his throat, his hand up at his neck. Um, like, aye, he's he's absolutely fucking bogging and. That's what they had on Saturday was a team full of bogging players, and I think when you look at um, when you look at the goal in particular, their body language. Mm-hmm. If you there's a there's a clip of the goal that's like the camera for the away end zoomed in, and if you've not noticed it yet, go back and watch it. But Humphreys in particular, yeah, just stands. I think they pointed out on sports team, didn't they? Yeah, I he literally just walks and looks and walks about. Whereas, I think and he lets I, his I man go as well. Yeah, I think Hearts had every man back in the box, and when you look at it, we maybe had six in the box. Yeah. Yeah, the only one who didn't lose his marker was Ewan. Mm-hmm. Every other player got free their marker to the point where. Like it's a, I mean, before talking about the actual goal, like Ellie Ewan had no right to win that corner either, because it was an absolute Aye, it was, rotten ball into the box. It just looked like they really couldn't be couldn't be arsed at times. Eh? I mean, I say at times, I think for the majority of the ninety minutes, but no, he, he didn't have any right to win that corner. And then no. I tell you, actually, when when Doyle Hayes puts the corner in. I seen it go to the back post and I went, that's a fucking shite ball. Right? Hanlon heeds it over. I went, great ball. See, watching it at the time as well, I had, like, I still kind of, obviously I see it on the footage now, but I still kind of work out where Nisbet came from. Because he's literally yeah. seven or eight yards out. 
with no one within like a three yard radius of him. His movement in the box, I mean, not even just for the goal, but and his general play is outstanding. Yeah. I mean, this boy is a natural born finisher. And I think you I can see. No, keep going, keep going. Oh, thanks so much, Craig. I was going to say, you can see that now that he's got a lot better um, a lot better support around him, he's making these chances count because he's getting the ball in forward areas. Whereas when, I think it was it was last season, wasn't it? At the start of last season, and he wasn't getting those chances because the supply wasn't there, really. Apart from yeah. Martin Boyle, the, the supply was... You know, on the whole, a lot poorer than it is at the moment, and you can no, you can tell he's that all round play. Slated him. Yeah, he's he's all round play since he came back from injury has been unbelievable, and whether he's playing for a move or not, like you can. It doesn't really matter if you're a Hibs fan he's cynical because, because if he's if he's playing for a move, then he's still scoring he's, goals. He's doing it while it's in a Hibs jersey, and it's only going to benefit us. I mean, the the flip side is now is that if this is how he's playing. We really didn't want to lose him in the summer, but yeah. I think it's I think it's pretty obvious that it's he's he's going to take his chances and move on. We only a year left in his deal, and Hibs yeah. will try and get where we can for him. So it's just a case of enjoying him while he's here. But if he's because he came back for injury, he had that unbelievable run. He got injured again. It's been kind of stop start over the past couple of weeks yeah. with the, the the two the two old firm games, and then obviously last weekend being pretty shit. But he's just for me. His his overall performance, his desire, his intensity on on Saturday was something that I don't think to that extent we've seen from before. And I think I said it in the group chat. Like you can afford, like the Motherwell game when I was like, can you you can afford maybe one or two players having a four or five out of ten, mm-hmm. but you need everybody else to be at a seven or an eight mm-hmm. on Saturday. There for me. Everybody was a, at a minimum of an eight. Yeah, I agree. Um, I completely agree. And that that type of that I suppose that's a frustrating thing is that that type of performance we're not going to get every week because we're not going to be playing a game as intense as that every week in terms of at home sellout derby. Yeah. Must you know what I mean? All the narratives that feed into it. Absolutely. And I mean, if if they could provide performances like that every week. The players wouldn't be playing for him. No, exactly. But that just therein lies the frustration, especially one player, Joe Newell, who I've been very critical of Newell Mm -hmm. in the past in terms of it doesn't offer enough. And when folk have said, ah, but he's our best midfielder, he's our best midfielder, ah, he is. But having a good game in 4 5 doesn't matter. Having a good game against a rudderless Aberdeen is great. Yeah. But in the overall context, it doesn't mean much if you go out next week away to Fur Park. I know we won yeah. it for Park. I'm just using that as an example. If we go away to Fur Park and you go into your shell. Yeah. Whereas on Saturday, like I I can honestly I'll fight anybody that wants to argue that that was his best performance in a Hibs jersey. Yeah. By so. a mile. He, he was, was absolutely he outstanding. He did every part of the game well. I think he, he got stuck in, he made things happen, he played quickly, which we're not particularly used to seeing Joe Neal do. Um and he played and forward as well. Like yeah, the majority exactly. of his the majority of his play 
was looking to go forward with the ball. He was actively, I've pointed it out a couple of times where in games where if a centre-half's got the ball, he'll maybe run towards an opposition midfielder. Yeah. I know that he's hiding, but as to say, no, no, I didn't want it. Whereas on Saturday, he was fucking give me it. Yeah, he give was me brilliant. That give me that ball and I'll try and make things happen. And there was a few times where he played balls over the top, like the one for Nisbet where he cut in and just put it wide. Mm-hmm. Like the weight on it, the weight on it was absolutely yeah. perfect. He was he was he was having one of the games, eh? That he just kind of grew with confidence with every touch of the ball, yep. and you could see it by you know by 60, 70 minutes that if, he was just trying these absolutely outrageous things, and they were all paying off for him. You know, and you know what it's like. I can it's obviously with any play professional football, but you know when you have one of the games when you're playing, it's like, like a, game, uh, a, a game of fives, and you a game of fives, and you. You feel like every t- every shot you hit goes in. Exactly. It's obviously different, completely different levels. But you, when even in, in it's any a confidence like, thing at the end of the aye, day. If like, things, if things are going falling in your, like basically you're walking the path and the fucking mm-hmm. paving stones are falling into place exactly as you hit them. You do the the confidence grows and you this you definitely it. see that from you. Like I said, it's. Yeah. For me, anyway, it's by far and away his, his best performance. And I think as well for somebody else like Jago, who's had a hell of a lot of stick recently. I didn't even notice Jago on Saturday. And for me, that's a good thing. Yeah, I thought I thought because Jago he's, did his job really, really well. And I think he's, he's one of these players that if he's playing well, he didn't notice it, weirdly. Yeah. Because he's doing the job that he's meant to do. He's doing and the he job, definitely exactly. Gave, he gave a perfect, perfect screen um, in front of the midfield for, for both Newell and Doyle Hayes, who, again, I thought Doyle Hayes was outstanding as well. Yeah, just touching on, on Jimmy Jago there, I thought he was I thought he was brilliant and he was getting flying into tackles, getting stuck right in, doing the dirty work that we needed. And I think a lot of people have given him credit. So, you know, obviously people are catching up on our opinions of Jimmy Jago, which is good. He didn't um, have to play... 40 50 yard diagonals to be a good player like this is it as we've seen like they've i suppose when you when when the team's on a poor run of form you look to the players who generally don't get involved in the attacking play as much and jago's taken a lot of flack for it and rightly so because the last couple of games motherwell especially he was absolutely rotten mm-hmm. but saturday Again, there's certain games are built for certain players, and Saturday was a perfect game for somebody like Jago to give Newell and Doyle Hayes, as we've said before, with Campbell and Newell and Doyle Hayes and Campbell when they played together. Yeah, Jago's there to give them the freedom to go, mm-hmm. and you seen it like Newell had that chance when he hit the uh, volley over the bar in the first half. There was the uh, when there was an overhit cross and Stevenson absolutely fucking nailed yeah. it. Um, to get on the end of it and Doyle Hayes was in the six yard box mm-hmm. that doesn't happen without Jago being in the side yep. so just because he's not on the ball and he's not spraying it left and right doesn't mean he's not having an impact this is it you're absolutely right um, I've also got the, well I've got down here the, the mentions that I've had that I've got for players that I thought were phenomenal were Joe Newell Doyle Hayes Egan Riley Jimmy Jago Kevin Nisbet and Chrissy Cadden I think everyone had a really, really good game. I think Stevenson as well was was brilliant. Stevenson, mate, Stevenson, Stevenson and Hanlon were outstanding again. Yeah, I think you could like, probably go through the whole 
the whole team you and could say, say, oh, everyone played really, really well. Nobody had a shite. The only one you could probably argue that didn't have a good game was Marshall because he had basically nothing he didn't to do. Have anything to do yeah. But he made a really good save in the, again, for, in the first half. Aye, that was it. For someone who's had a lot of stick as well, his distribution of game was was superb. Yeah, and it I was, do, great, it was probably, playing quickly as well. There was a couple of times where I thought he could have released you and Arcadian when they were away, and he kind of. Mm-hmm. It went to th- and he just sort of backed out at the last minute. Um, but no, even even the players that came on had an impact. Henderson I think it was did all right when it came on. It was just one of those performances, like I say, where everybody's an eight minimum. So, yeah. like, I that must have been a very difficult game to come on to as well, especially when you know, like, for your you and Hendersons and Josh Campbells and stuff. It, it's difficult enough to get up to speed when you're coming on in the second half, but when you're coming on for a player who's played as well, you know, as as Doyle Hayes, right. to come on and try and replicate that sort of form on the park in such an important game and such an important moment of the game as well must be such a difficult thing to do. But I thought George Campbell slotted in perfectly. Right, and I think it also leads to the fact that if you're if you're winning. You're coming on confident. You're you're coming on with that sort of big adrenaline boost as well. Yeah. And I think Cam, I think he came on and he absolutely nailed somebody as well. I can't remember who it was. It was one of the fucking non-entities in midfield for them. <laughs> but it was a header. It was a header, and he just got. Oh, he elbowed them in the face. Eh? It was no, that. I, I, I'm, I'm sure it was a header. I'm sure it was a header. I don't think it was an elbow. Oh, was it? I actually think that Josh Campbell full on just fucking headered them. Um, it was that, that keel, keel because his, his uh, nose was pissing me blood, man. Aye, and Campbell's just absolutely nailed him. And again, <laughs> that goes back to even though we were winning the game at the time, it was still being physical enough. Yeah. Um, I will say, I, I don't think I've ever had a shit my pants moment more. The, when Kingsley the, when was standing that, over that free oh kick. Oh my God, when they got that free kick in the last minute. I, genuinely I could, could not watch. I was watching through my fingers. I was watching... I through my fingers, it was terrible. Like I said, and I it's, don't it think there's like been a single ages, moment, yeah. a single moment at a game where I've just I've I've thought like see what we said about they're going to sneak something. Mm-hmm. I thought this is going to be fucking typical that they've had nothing, Aye. and they're going to get a chance like that in the last minute. Um, but again, fair fucks to Hanlon for pulling pulling them down because Shankland was one on one if he didn't. Yeah, brilliant for Hanlon. Um, and like you said, I was shit my pants when things were standing over. And see if it, see even if he did score, right? Even if he did score, his celebration still wouldn't have been as good as Kevin Nisbet's. Nah, right up to Naismith. If the rumours heard a couple of bits, aye. Yeah, there's a photo of Naismith right beside Nisbet after he missed the penalty uh, in the COVID semi-final, and I think people are putting two and two together. With the whole uh, Naismith apparently said that he let his dad down or something. And obviously, mm-hmm. the game was a couple of days after Nisbet's dad had passed away. Um, as much as I think Naismith's a wee rat, I wouldn't like to think that somebody would sink as low as that, especially to a fellow professional. Yeah. Um, but something obviously. Something's I been said or something's happened. I don't recall, I don't recall much, like, I, unless somebody else can piece it together in terms of the personnel that was on the Hearts bench of having a 
direct impact with Nisbet during his Hibs career or even prior to his, his Hibs career. Um, I can only assume it was directed at Nisbet, uh, sorry, directed at Naismith. Um, and if it Which was, makes it odd because Naismith, like, he's in the, in the Scotland, Scotland Yeah, I know. So, I know, I so maybe even something's been said on Scotland duty or, but the fact that Nisbet came Maybe it was himself, to Andy Halliday, has he said something on open goal? Or was he on the park? Oh, he was on the park at the time, eh? He was on the pitch at the time. Um, <laughs> maybe, maybe has it been something during international duty that's been said? The fact that Shanklin got called up the last time before he did? Um, I don't know, but whatever it was, whatever it was, um, it was fucking right up him anyway. And right, yeah. rightly so. And quite rightly, rightly so. Anybody wearing that shite colour deserves Gorgie to have rat. it ran up him. Yep. Gorgie rat. Um, I don't know if you've noticed as well, but he's completely changed his tone when he speaks now that he's a manager as well. Ah, he was like before proper... he had that quite Ayrshire nasally accent, whereas now he's kind of tried to Being change it up to like a West End, a West End Glaswegian accent. Fucking, he's a bam, mate. He's an yeah. absolute bam. I've got just a, a last couple of points on um, on the derby here before we get onto the full time scenes. Across the whole 90 minutes, I don't think I've ever seen a Hearts team look so lacklustre and so unbothered for a derby. Yeah. But I don't know what you put that down to. I know they'd lost previously. Was it five on the bounce they'd lost? Mm. And Nielsen had, uh, Nielsen had left. I mean, surely, regardless of the, the form you've been on, I mean, we're a perfect example. We were on pretty poor form as well. We went out there and and played our hearts out. I I just I wonder what what went wrong for Hearts if they just weren't up for it. Or but I've never seen a Hearts team not be up for it for a derby, which is odd to me. I mean, obviously it's good for us because we won, but it's strange to me seeing a Hearts team look so not bothered about playing in a derby, especially one that is just one that was unbeaten against us this season. And had only just beaten us in the cup. What? And it was going to be. Ago. It was going to be ten in a row if they avoided yeah. defeat. I think it just goes to show the their lack of confidence that they've got. Yeah. Like I said, every they didn't try and look to make anything happen for themselves. They they tried to look to Barry McKay to make everything happen. Even um, Shankland didn't seem that interested. That Humphreys, Shankland was missing. Humphreys for the ninety minutes. Came on, he. Seemed up for it. Obviously, he scored at Tynecastle when we when we lost there. Um, even Sibic, who wanted to act the clown the last time against us, and that rolls as well. Like I, I had it He's in my head. Absolutely I, I had it in my head, and I don't know why that I felt that he was quite a physical, imposing. And he's no, he's an absolute shite bag. He got absolutely, <laughs> and it's no as it can folk. I seen somebody posting about Hanlon getting ragdolled by Sims. Sims is a fucking monster. Like, mm. you seen the size of him, he was a big laddie. Yeah. Kevin Nisbet isn't he built like a fucking heavyweight boxer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's, he's quite a slight. Just a normal guy. Five, five foot ten, five eleven built laddie. And and the, the international centre half was absolutely bodied by him. 
And I just think, again, it goes back to that the tackle on Barry Mackay that they weren't up for it. Yeah. Um, that set the tone. The physical battles that tip, that would usually go in their favour. They lost every single battle favor. in the midfield. Because every single battle. And that's just because purely, purely and utterly, Hibs wanted it more. Yeah, and it's, the back, it's something the front, that we've not seen. For the sidelines, even for the touchline, like I'm, I was quite surprised. Can I've seen a lot of talk on Twitter about the Gorgie Ultras and how, uh, can they're wanting their own section at Tynecast and all that. You would have thought that they would have got tickets for the game on Saturday <laughs> and had a presence there because you just thought, hey, but. Like that, even even that, that's you never had enough the, loyalty points. That's one of the quietest away ends I've seen. Yeah. Today, Mister Road. Usually they're quite even. Maybe it can typically I think during the game it kind of like, even falls away. Yeah, but even for the start, they never the 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 support didn't seem up for it either. And I think they two kind of go hand in hand. Um, the team can get a lift for what they get for the. For the sidelines, and I think that Block Seven didn't Block stop. Block Seven were tremendous. Didn't stop. Do, and what was different about Saturday? Sorry, Craig. What was different all about Saturday was that even folk in the West End were singing, and yeah. folk in the West End never sing. I do think that Block Seven. Block Seven got a lot of hassle, but they can't force people to, to join in with them. Do you know what I mean? I do think that's the the, the issue with them. Mm-hmm. Is that they're in such a shitty part of the ground that even though when they're going, if the next section to King, because it's 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 like a fucking Mexican wave. If yeah. one goes, then the next, then the next, then the next, like dominoes, they all start falling. And hopefully, obviously, we've seen the the thing they've put up on Twitter. Um, we've obviously spoken to them, and me and Sean when the season ticket kind of thing was announced, we had a good discussion about it as well. Mm-hmm. about you know potentially moving them etc and it's just something I know I've kind of went off on a tangent a wee bit but it was something I picked up on on Saturday that I've never really thought about before That but when teams are attacking the Dunbar end in the second half they have their like hardcore support yeah sort of trying to you know suck, suck the, the ball, ball in the net we don't have that yeah that's what I, I've, I've spoken about that previously as well and I think that would be an ideal place to have them. And I, I hope, I hope, with you know, two fingers crossed, that they'll get their move um, to and the it looks, And it looks, and it looks as if the the trendsetters are coming back as well. Yeah. No, we've seen that. I don't know. I don't know how much uh, how much truth is in that. But you know, if it if it improves the atmosphere at Easter Road, I'm all for it. Yeah. Uh, referee blows whistle. John Beaton blows whistle. Full time, it was unbelievable scenes. I would, I need to give a shout out to um, the woman and her daughter who sit in front of me at Easter Road. Um, it used to be uh, a woman, her daughter, and the woman's dad. Um, so like three generations, but unfortunately, her dad passed away um, just before the Rangers game, and she uh, she sprinkled his ashes behind the goal that Kevin Nisbet scored in. In the second half, so when we were all singing "Sunshine and Leaf," she was in it. She was in floods of tears, but it was really, it was, it would have been a special moment for her to to know that her, her dad was there sucking that ball into the back of the net. So, if you're listening, uh, it was it was a really really nice a nice moment, and you know all thoughts uh, from us are 
or with you and your family at this that's, at this time. But that's quality. That it was. Oh, it was. Uh, I'm goosebumps even just talking about. Mm. But um, no, it was a superb rendition of Sunshine and Leith, wasn't it? Something that we've not heard. Obviously, we heard it at the Rangers game for Ron Gordon and stuff. But it's different when you've just had a, a really big win. Aye. No, it was. And again, the thing about Sunshine on Leith is that it's now, you know what I mean? It wasn't a song that was synonymous with us, um, especially when I was growing up. Like, I seem to, I remember uh, after games or during games or before games singing You'll Never Walk Alone, mm-hmm. um, which is completely alien to me now. And it was only ever since the AAK Athens game that, that song, I mean, it's only probably in the last decade that it's even been played after big results, especially Derby mm. wins. Um, and I think that song now has it's taken on a different meaning for a lot of people, like a lot of a lot of Hibs fans who've lost somebody. If they were Hibs fans themselves, 99% will have had Sunshine on Leith played at their funeral. Yeah. Um, obviously, it was played after the cup final. It was played after every win. It was played before the... So even being played before the Rangers game for Ron, so it'll now take on different... Do you know what I mean? It's got so many different meanings for everybody. Yeah. Um. And it was just it was just nice for it to be the first proper time since obviously all the COVID stuff and all that. That we've been able to celebrate something and sing. Yeah, so like the Ron thing was kind of was in memory and sort of um what's the word I'm trying to think of? Like to to show um like to the Gordon family, like like to show solidarity, basically. Solid. I sorry, solidarity. That's exactly the word. Like to show that we are there for you, and um, you know, whereas whereas Saturday was was a release of finally getting a win against them, um, and it is. It's. I know we are incredibly biased because we are Hibs fans, but to me, like the whole "You'll Never Walk Alone" thing with Celtic and Liverpool kind of gets diluted because it's sung every game. Yeah, every home game they sing it before it, um, and I know Liverpool tend to start singing it around about the 89th, 90th minute um, of every game, home uh, home away, win, lose or draw. Whereas Sunshine and Leith only comes out for us at big occasions. Mm-hmm. Typically, I would draw I draw the line at being a win over Hearts. Like I don't think it's needed for any other occasion. Yeah. Um, or sorry, a cup win at Hamden, but. <laughs> Um, it really is the one of one of, if not the most powerful songs. That's a football song that has bugger all to do with football. Um, it's the greatest football anthem of all time. Planet. Yeah, and I mean, as as amazing, you see the videos. There was people walking up Arthur seat, um, recording it, could hear it. There's a guy lives in flats behind Easter Road, was recording it. Like you see, so many like especially after the cup final, when the amount of celebrities um, that said that it was amazing, Ken Alex Ferguson commented that it was one of the best sights he'd ever seen in football. Mm-hmm. Like no other club really has that. Like no. I said, you'll never walk alone as synonymous with Celtic and Liverpool, but the impact of it's diluted because it's before every game. It's not after a that. game. And uh, you, you see the videos, like even for the touchline, Ken Joe Newell was... Oh, it's all the players singing along that gets me, eh? 
Yeah, well, and I even was watching him walk around and Cadden was but, singing and Campbell and yeah, Murray Johnson was singing it as well. And even before the final whistle, uh, CJ runs like most of the players run on the park. CJ runs he right ran, across the park. He ran right across where I was, aye. Giving it loudly, and that's just that's players who just get it. Yeah, um, and like I said, that we've been missing it for so many years. Players who get it. Yeah. But Sunshine and Leith is just such a it's such a unique pool as well. It's it almost is it's a it's a unique selling point in its own. Being like mm-hmm. if you want to be successful, if you can be successful at this club, you get that. this is the feeling that you get. And I can't imagine what it would be like as a player to feel that. Think about how Nisbet feels. It was him. It was his that, goal. That was his moment. He caused that moment exactly. I mean, even so Lee is, Johnson spoke about it unique. in his post-match. He, he spoke like about saying, it in his post-match saying that, you know, they'd spoken about wanting to hear Sunshine and Leith at Easter Road. Yeah. They'd not heard it yet. They wanted that. And that mm-hmm. was a, even more of an incentive for them to win the game. I know it sounds daft or the fans will sing a song if you win. You know what I mean? It, it, it sounds a bit silly, but then you think about it. I mean, who if, if, a, if you're a player, why wouldn't you want to play for yeah. that? Exactly, and again, it just kind of goes to show what what can be achieved when players, fans, coaching staff pull together. Are all that's that's every piece of the jigsaw fitting into place. the The important thing is now is to not just let that be a win over Hearts. Yeah, it that needs, needs to be a kickstart. It needs to mean something. Um, Absolutely, especially with with the way that the, the season's unfolded now to to obviously we now effectively have to win. I think we have to win to, to get into the top six. Yeah. Well that takes us on very nicely to to our next our next section and I've got down here how good a springboard is Saturday to try and get us to get third or fourth, get those European spots. Can um, I just make a comment before we do? Of course. That, the pies at Easter Road are getting fucking worse by are the they? week. Oh, mate. We've already reviewed one, so I'm not having another I know. review. I'm not doing a review. I'm not doing a review. I'm just, just saying I went. I went through a period of the, uh, the last I steak don't... pie was the worst. So I went for scotch for a few weeks. And I fancied a, I fancied a steak on Saturday. And it was shite. There was I'm telling you, the chicken curry shite. pies is where it's at. It was absolutely bouffant. I had to use my finger as a spoon to eat it because I, I tried to lift it and I ended up with the lid in my hand and the rest of the pie in the tray. And it was it was stuck. It was literally That's stuck nice in the tray. So I, I think I think next season you need to get yourself down to the West Lower because the pie quality in the West Lower sounds like it's an awful lot better than where you are. I, I would rather shit in my hands and clap than sit. In the West Lower, sorry. Oh, is it because it's near me? No, I just that I, 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 I'm not lying. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, fair does me. Appreciate your honesty. But no, I was going to ask you. Do you think um, that Saturday's result acts as a good springboard for us to try and grab one of those European spots going forward? I mean, assuming that we get top six. It has to be. And I seen something on Twitter yesterday that we've actually got the best record against top six teams are the teams that are in the top six at the moment. Um, I guess... I didn't care how. I know. Um, I think the the only way to... 
the disappointing thing is that with the way that the fixtures work out, I believe we would be due two at home, three away. And yeah. the three away would be Hearts. Ibrox, Tynecastle, and Petodre. That's right, aye. So, I don't know how... Obviously, it depends on how their fixtures work that we might get Aberdeen at Easter Road or... Uh, I definitely don't think we'll get Hearts at Easter Road. Um, there's a chance we could get Rangers again at Easter Road because obviously the league's, the league's done and dusted anyway. Um, but no, it, it has to act as a springboard, especially against a team as rudderless as St Johnston at the minute as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we've already beaten them up there this season and we need to... It's almost, given the level of performance we got on Saturday, it's even more important that we get a win next week now. Yeah. Otherwise, for me, as good as that feeling is at beating hearts, in the it grand scheme nothing. of things, it means nothing. Yeah. Yeah, especially if, you know, we we get a draw and, and Livingston win and we fall into the bottom six. So, I think a, a win definitely is what we need. I mean, that, there's no, there's no, there's no to do it about it. So, um, uh, my other question down here is, I think, do you need? Do you think that we need to beat every team post split, assuming we finish in the top six, to have a chance of third? Do you think we need to win every game, or mm. do you think we just need to beat the teams that we'd aren't n- the old firm and maybe take we'd a need- point off the two of them? Yeah, we'd need to. We'd need to almost have a flawless post split. Ten um, points, maybe ten out of twelve. I think so. The the part about it is, is, as well as like how important it is on Saturday, is that Aberdeen have got Rangers. So you'd like to think that the way this the fixtures all if pan we out, win, then maybe we go within a little bit more touching distance. Yeah. So we're what is it? Are we ten points at the it's minute? Seven. Seven. So seven exactly. So we go with them four. If we win, um, don't get. If beat. we win, especially Hearts have got Ross County. If they get, they bounce back. Aberdeen's 10-point lead all of a sudden becomes... Becomes a four-point lead. A four-point lead over us, but a one-point lead over her. Who does St Mirren have? Kilmarnock. That'll be a tough game as well. Yeah. That'll be a tough game for them as well. Kilmarnock, Kilmarnock's away record's honking. Yeah, that's right, aye. Because um, I think we're, the, we're what... Are we a point now behind St Mirren? Is that right? think so can double check yeah but no listen we'll talk about St Johnson now uh, they've just sacked Callum Davidson yesterday yesterday at half time in the Celtic game I was listening to the radio found out that, that Callum Davidson's been given his jotters I mean whatever you think of his time at St Johnston <coughs> maybe he's uh, he's ran out of credit for the, the cup double I mean, they nearly got relegated last year and they've been pretty poor this year. So it's been a little like bit of a miracle that he's stayed this long. I mean, you've seen it, all the the pundits rounding on one of their pals and being like, oh, it's a shocking decision, Kenny. Won. Like, they won the cup two, what, almost three, what was it, three years ago almost? Three years so ago, yeah. Two years, two years ago. Like, they've been, I mean, he's a something that we'll probably never see in Scottish football again. Like let's be yeah. brutally honest. Like it was an unbelievable achievement, but they've been they've been honking since. Yeah, they have been. Terrible. Like even league league wise for years, they've been they've been brutally shite. I think it's. I the mean, only they, sports... 
if I remember correctly, I don't think they were that great in the league the season that they won the double <clears> either. No, they were. I think they finished. I think they finished in the top six, but like they've they seem to be one of these teams that still always manage to survive, but they'll never seem to score like fifteen goals a season. Yeah, like they just don't seem to score goals. And most of them are against us at Easter Road in yeah. the last minute. <laughs> After being two 0 down. So I think what what I think I don't get is they've sacked him, but they've put his assistant in charge. Do you think this will like this will have a, a, a more of a new manager bounce? I know that his assistant's in charge, and at point of recording, we don't know if there's going to be uh, if it's his assistant that's taken over to the end of the season, or if there's going to be another another manager coming in. Do you think that they will get the new manager bounce that Hearts didn't? Nah. No, they'll. When you're in such a rut, it's hard, especially now we get like Aberdeen almost done it at the perfect time, whereas they done it that it wasn't too late before this crunch part of the season came in, mm-hmm. whereas they've done it in a position where they're almost safe, so they've yeah. not really got a lot to play for, um, because you you would think that when the split happens that the they County, get Ross County, six, Com- no. But the other no. teams, Dundee United, Kilmarnock, Ross County, they all take points off each other yeah. to the point where St Johnston are, are pretty much safe. Um, so they've not really got a lot to play for. And you would think that if it's the assistant manager that's getting the job, most of the ideas will still be the same. Yeah. The voice won't really have changed that much. So, no, again, it's all about what, what can we do? And... We're a far better side than St Johnston are, yeah. And we need to take every single piece of momentum because this could a win's important, but a convincing win really puts a marker down for Hearts uh, and Aberdeen because I do, I don't think we'll get third, but at the same time, third's not completely out of reach. I think we've seen this season that if you can put a couple of results together and other teams slip up. You can completely change the outlook of your season. Well, it would just take. It happened to us. It's happened to Aberdeen. Post split, all it would take is for our last two games of the season to be Celtic and Rangers, and we have a run at Hearts, Aberdeen, and St Mirren mm-hmm. to get nine points. And in between yeah. those games, Celtic will have Aberdeen, Hearts will have Rangers, St Mirren have got a couple of good results against them this season as well. So. No, you never know. I do think it's I do think it's unlikely. I think but... I think it's wishful thinking, Hank, that we'll get third. But yeah. it's definitely not out with the realms of possibility for me. Not out no. with the realms of possibility. It doesn't mean that it's probable. Possible, yes, probable, maybe not. But definitely not. you know, the only thing that we can do is win our fixtures and not worry about anyone else. We need to make exactly. sure that we're doing our job. Because uh, if we do our job right, then obviously we'll go up the table. Back to back to the weekend though, would you make any changes um, from the starting lineup that started against Hearts? I'd be hesitant to. Mm-hmm. Only Even because... going with the same kind of defensive lineup, defensive formation against a team. I think that... so. And... Only because I don't think anybody deserves to be dropped. Fair play. I suppose you could make a case for maybe Campbell to come back in. But yeah. 
does taking Jago or Doyle Hayes out for Campbell negate what Newell or Doyle Hayes done on Saturday? Do you know what I mean? That's, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I would, I would, I would just stick with it. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe Miko. He's one that you could probably make a case to bring in, but again, it's for who? Because it's not going to be Nisbet. It's not going to be you. And then you're, then you're just moving players about for the sake for of fitting one in. Yeah, you can't. I would, I would like to see us go with the same. And then it gives us plenty of options on the bench to change it if, if we need yeah. to. Craig, I'm going to push you for a prediction here. 3-0. Uh, 3-0 Hibs. 3-0 Hibs. You know, I don't like doing, you know I don't like doing predictions a week early. I don't care. I'm the host this week. But you're saying 3-0 then? 3-0 Nisbet. Nisbet times two and Big Fish. Big Willy Fish. Big Philly Wish. I'll take it. Ken what? I'll go also... A big win. I'll go... And I'm going out on a limb here. 6-0. 6 <laughs> nil. Harry McCurdy will come off the bench and score twice. Paul I'm Hanlon, not going to lie, right? I was gagging for him to get on on Saturday and score the winner. Oh, my God. Mate, see, every time he like ran to try and get warmed up, I was looking I up at you. I, know. I was looking up at you trying to get the... I was looking at you trying to get you... <laughs> <laughs> No, um, right, I'm going to go 6-0. Harry McCurdy will come off the bench and get two. Paul Hanlon will get one. That's three. Nisbet will get one. Joe Newell will get one. And Will Fish will get one. Fair. I'll take it. 6-0. I'll be happy with six. Right. Let's move on to our favourite part, Craig, and that is the Rambler's Listener Questions. Now it's time to answer the Hibs Ramble Listener Questions. Okay, pew, we'll pew, kick pew, off. Pew, pew, pew. That's it. I don't think I'm going to need to put the, pew. Put the, the noise in. I think you've done it superbly there. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. The Hibs right, we'll Ramble. John is asking, what's for dinner? And how good does it feel beating those animals? Uh, for me, dinner tonight is the bachelor's packet chicken and mushroom pasta. Oh, I like that. Which is fucking sensational. Is Especially with a bit of butter bread. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do um, like that pasta. And on a scale of 1 to 10, beating those animals is uh, extremely, extremely horny. Yeah, very horny. I've got yep. to agree. Uh, in the fridge for me tonight is uh, Lamb Rogan Josh from Asda. Nice. I'll make the way of Lamb Rogan Josh. But I'm not too sure if I'm going to actually have it because I've just taken half my tooth out with a party ring not two hours ago. So uh, I'm not too sure how my mouth is going to deal with hot food. So it might be ham sandwich for dinner. But um, we'll, we'll wait and see. <laughs> Um, Haley asks, can anyone explain how Shankland escaped a booking after fouling Marshall? It was right in front of me and I can't figure it out. Now, I, I thought that was hilarious. I don't think I remember this incident. Uh, Marshall went to, I think it was maybe a cross or something. Marshall's caught it, he's went to go and throw it and Shankland's just literally rugby tackled him from behind. Was it in the first half? Like, first half, I, like he's literally put hands around him and hold on to the deck. <laughs> I don't think I remember that. 
Yeah, I, I, th- I thought it was very strange he never got booked either. And then there was that other period for beating as well where we were on the counter and he pulled it back for a booking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it happened to Hearts later on, you let, let, go. Play, let play go. I thought the rule was that you let play go and you give the booking when, yeah, when play, play breaks down. Um, Disco76 has said, is it time to give Dabrowski some real game time next season with a view to being our number one? And for no, me, no. Because he's left. Yeah. So he's, uh, for those who don't know, he joined Queen of the South on loan. And Hibbs announced that he would not be getting a new contract and his contract ends in the summer. All right, so it's like a Jamie Murphy situation. Yeah. Fair does. Um, Ewan has said, hearts shite, Hibbs class. Agree. With a Nigeria flag and an Ireland flag. Light retweet. Uh, Owen Ingalls, how fucking good was Jake Doyle Hayes today? Powerhouse in midfield felt like no hearts player could get close to him and he could squirm himself out of any situation. But at the same time, Doyle Hayes seems to only be a big game player. If he played like that every week, we would win the league. Exactly. That's the thing. If these players could perform at that level of intensity every week... They, they wouldn't be abs. So, but we probably would win the league if they were abs. Yeah. But no, Doyle Hayes was, was outstanding. He was wonderful. He was absolutely wonderful. Uh, Disco again has asked, um, why couldn't we do this against United and Motherwell? I think the, for the reasons that you outlined earlier on, it's it's a completely different type of game. It's yeah a different kind of intensity. It's I think it's a lot more difficult. It shouldn't be, but it's a lot more difficult for the players to get more up for uh, a game against Motherwell or United than a Hearts. It, it must be the team talk must do itself when you're in the dressing room before. It's a the same game. as a support as well, though. Like when this when the fixtures come out at the start of the season, you look where's the derbies. I don't mm-hmm. even look fuck when we play Motherwell. And I can yeah. imagine it's the same for players as well. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, Gav Dick, how good was Newell today? Honestly outstanding. And thoughts on Cadden's performance? Personally, I thought he was good along with the rest of the team. And I'm going to dig Gav out here because he didn't say personally I thought he was good. He said I personally thought we was good along with the rest of the team. I'm sure he doesn't deliver it at this stage. Deliberately? Deliberately. See, he's in my head. <laughs> Rent three. Well, um, again, brilliant. Uh, Cadden, I touched on him earlier on. I think he was really good as well. Yeah. Uh, Billy is asking, after we all had a wee meltdown at the lineup, only for them to get spot on, should we have more faith and trust in the management, management team and players? No. I think, I think yeah, because, I mean, it's not no, like we get no, because they've ballsed it up too many times this season. Oh, cheer up, Craig. However, uh, LJ is a big fan of the Ramble, so I can confirm I will let him do his job. Yeah, well, thank God for that. And stop being... just you because take that hips track suit off, then? Stop <laughs> pretending that you're going to be on the sidelines. Just because I have uh, won the Champions League on FM with an unfancied French side, does not make me a professional football manager. So it I will keep my opinions to myself. Yeah, thank God for that. Until we get beat. <laughs> uh, this is a first of a trilogy of questions from Callum Laidlaw. I wouldn't answer he them. He says, do we go with the same starting lineup on Saturday or adjust based on the opponent? You touched on it, I think. Maybe it's safer to go with the, with the, the same lineup. He then asks... Just what exactly does Gorgie rule at? 
being quiet See, in darkness? I, I find this hard because I was technically brought up in Gorgie. So what does it feel like though? Well, a lot of folk think it stinks because of the brewery, but I really like the smell for the brewery. Yeah, I like the smell of that as well. Um, it rules at having a shite stadium. Mm-hmm. It rules at having decent chippies, to be fair. Gorgie yeah, fish but bars chippies are, up my way are better, though. Gorgie fish bars are good chippy. Um, it rules at... I don't know, just having it rules it actually being alright apart from having an utterly shite football team. It's a bit of a minging place, so Slap like I'm leaving I'm leaving just being a Hibs bastard like it. It's a bit like strike. See, see for me it's it's childhood memories though. Oh, fuck so, your childhood memories. Maybe funny, but fuck them. Uh, and Cal's last question is Is Cammy Devlin just the Australian Ian Black? I don't think I would um, insult Ian Black like that. Yeah, Cammy Devlin's just. We've already said that he's one of the worst football players I've ever seen. He's absolutely shy. The yeah, thing about Ian Black. Messi's top, though. Ian Black. I would never play the minute. It was, okay. a pity, it was a pity gift. Metley, do you think Messi's went, Oh, I'm going to give uh, Cammy, Cammy, Cameron Devlin my top? No. <laughs> what part of Argentina is he from? Venice? <laughs> I don't know. Well, South Americans are the greatest. Um, I don't speak Argentinian that well. I'm not even biting there, Craig. I'm afraid. <laughs> but no, he's a fucking, he's a harsh dog. He is. Keith asks, could scoring a derby winner do wonders for Nisbet's confidence going forward? And then he says, pity St Johnston lost, as them winning would have secured his top six makes next week a little nervy. He says Lee Johnson may not have picked the ideal lineup, but he made his subs well, particularly Campbell and Mick. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh, our good pal Lorenzo has said Neil yesterday uh, has been outstanding. He's 30 years old now. Would you give him the possibility to sign a renewal? Personally, yes. Uh, he could easily play for another couple of years with this intensity. A renewal? I like that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think I think Joe Newell is one of the players that has come up. And he he gets Hibs, he loves Hibs. And I wouldn't be surprised if he ends his career at Hibs. Yeah. But he needs he needs to do Saturday more often. Yeah. Or not even be at that level, but trying to get close to that level more consistently. Mm-hmm, for sure. Uh, we've got James Kinnebra who says, who is it who hasn't scored against Hearts again with this picture? Look at that fucking forehead, man. Yeah, there's one of them, Andy Halliday as well, looking quite perplexed yeah, in the background too. Yeah. Uh, David is asking, when will Joe Newell be mentioned in the world's greatest midfielders? This is where the um, overreaction comes into it. Mm. Like, like I said, it was unreal and we can acknowledge that it was unreal but again it means nothing if it doesn't become that's the benchmark mm-hmm. moving forward yeah uh, how come there was no uh, this is Lewis Connor by the way he says how come there was no Hibs players in the Sky Sports team of the weekend it's shocking and at least a few of the players should have been included for me Neil JDH or Nisbet at least I, I think could not Boyd give put a, a couple in his team of the weekend yeah, Nisbet Hanlon and Stevenson I think mm-hmm. 
Fuck off. That means, gonna get well. I that get means jack shit. Yeah. Um, we've got one more here, and it is from Harvey Scott. And he says, do you think the result today could give the players some newfound confidence in the last stretch of the season? I certainly hope so. I think it's the type of result that can kickstart a run of better results. Time will tell. Um, Ideally as well, we'd want them first game after the split, I think. Yeah. To cement that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, Ewan Sterling asks, honestly, where do you think we finish now? I think I'm I'm going to just say fourth. Yeah. I'd be happy with fourth. Yeah, especially after that absolutely horrendous period we went through, to still finish fourth would be would be a good achievement, I reckon. Yeah, and we've got a couple of questions over on Instagram as well. If you don't already follow us over there, follow us at we are just at the Hibs Rambo. You can submit your questions to there for um, for our weekly pod as well. Hibs page eighteen seventy five has asked, "How is Joe Neal not in the England squad yet?" Because I don't think there's any internationals for a while. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Southgate calls him up, to be honest. He was, he's been brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and finally, a couple of questions from Callum McDonald, and he's asking, can we make top four? I think, yeah. I think yeah. we can. Um, and he has asked, who should we sign and sell? I think that's a, a topic for... For another podcast. I think that's an end of season pod, that one. Yeah, we could go really in depth with that one, I think, Callum. So we'll we'll curb that one for now and we'll revisit it a wee bit later on. And his final question, and the final question of the podcast, is what development players should get a run in the first team? I'd like to see Laidlaw in. Laidlaw and Murray Aitken, for me, is the two. Depending on contractual status... It would be Laidlaw for me as well. Like we've, if you've not listened to it, we spoke to to both Ethan and Josh O'Connor uh, a few months back. I think it was just before. Was it before the nonce game or was it after the nonce it game? Was it was after the nonce game. It was before the, the Dortmund game, I think. Aye, but there was a big gap, wasn't there? Because mm-hmm. we were. Um, so we we spoke to Josh and Ethan a few months ago. Two really level-headed boys. Um, who were actually, for something they've probably not done before, they actually actually really showed a great maturity when they spoke to yeah. us. Um, and I think it would be Ethan, Ethan for me, just because yeah. of what's done for the for the under-18s. Everybody else, Josh has had a crack, Oscar McIntyre's had a couple of games, yeah. Murray Aitken's played, Jacob Blaney's played. Um, so I, for me, it would be, it would be Ethan Laidlaw. However, uh, Malik Zaid... Is very highly rated as well. And Kenai Omega, I'd like to see. And Megwa as well, yeah. Just any of them, really. Take I, any of them. Yeah. <laughs> and that that's that's concluded us. That's that's wrapped us up for for the week. It's been a it's been a, an enjoyable podcast. It has. Change, hasn't it? <laughs> and it thanks has. to everyone who's got involved with uh, submitting questions and stuff. Again, we've had an awful lot of questions in this week. We really really appreciate. Everyone getting involved and uh, and interacting with us. So hopefully we've answered your questions well and you've uh, you've been satisfied with your answers. But yeah, thousand yeah. thousand followers as well for for me and Liam especially because we kind of um, done this 
for the start to get to the level of where we've got and the level of interaction that we get every week. Um, especially when there's other it's great superb, hips, there's other great hips podcasts out there that kind of we all I think we all offer something a wee bit different. Um, and the fact that we get as the level of interaction that we do, basically being the newbies on the block, um, is really appreciated by both myself and Liam. And I know that Sean and Mark feel the same as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you want to interact with us a wee bit more, uh, like I said at the start, we've got our giveaway, we've got our mug, uh, or two of these to give away, and we've got two of these lovely bucket hats to give away. And to get involved, all you need to do is head over to our Twitter and uh, we've got a tweet up. Uh, all you need to do is like it, retweet it and follow at the Hibs Ramble on Twitter and you'll be in with a chance of winning either a hat or a mug. So all that's left to do now is say goodbye. What are you off to do now? What are you going to do with the rest of your evening, Craig? I'm going to go and eat my tea because I'm absolutely starving. Lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. Right, that's us then. That's us. Thanks again for listening if you've got this far and we will catch you after this St. Johnson game to talk about how uh, how our games against Livingston, Ross County and Dundee United are going to be in the bottom <laughs> six. <All> right. <laughs> right, see you later.